Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Because rest is important. Rest is important. And it's something that I think at times we probably park to one side and we maybe don't admit to ourselves that we need rest. You just think, I can just keep on going. I think sometimes we can think that actually to stop and to rest is uh, a bad thing. Almost like we, there's a voice inside our head that like, guilts us. It puts shame on us to think, actually, I can't not do that. I can't not do that. I've got to do all those things. Otherwise, what will they think of me? Or they'll just think that I, you know, I've not got the energy to do it. Or I'm just thinking about myself and all of that sort of stuff. I think that we have voices in our head. I have voices in my head that says, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. It's expected of you to do it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And like, you just never, ever stop. And I want to tell you something this morning. The voice in your head that's telling you that, it's telling you lies. It's telling you lies that you've, you've got to try and work all the time. You've got to keep on doing all these things that actually rest isn't important. Because rest is so important. If we look at Genesis 2, it says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. You see, God works and we work. God rests, so we should rest. Isn't that so true? Yeah, I think we get the work part. We go to work and we see it as a a means we've got to uh, earn a living and pay the bills and all of that. And that's great. But God rests. God chose to rest. This is the God that doesn't need to rest. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to have a day off. He doesn't need to recharge his batteries. He doesn't get tired or worn out. Yet what does he choose to do? He chooses to rest. And I believe he chooses to do that because he wants to teach us something in that. To say that we work, but we rest. Being made in his image being made in his likeness, then surely we too work and rest. So I spoke to a couple of people in the break um, from the first service and they were definitely shaking my hand um, with a big smile on their face And uh, from what I'm about to say. And maybe I'm giving some people here a, a bit of ammunition um, for this afternoon. But maybe, just maybe, you taking a nap this afternoon could be the most spiritual thing that you do today. Stopping and resting. Just all going to be asleep. This afternoon, I said, not this morning. This afternoon. Don't want to see any shut eyes in the house this morning. But maybe that is. If you've just been on go, 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 and you've not stopped, you know, you're not stopped for anything, then actually maybe taking the time to stop. And maybe you've got stuff planned this afternoon. But taking time in our routine to stop and to rest 
is so, so important. Have you ever heard of the phrase, working from a place of rest? Have you heard of that? How we work from a place of rest. Like, that's what I should have been doing, my 16-year-old self. I should have worked from a place of rest. I should have rested myself so that I could give my boss a full day's hard work. Instead, I didn't, and he caught me up on it. And I only gave him two hours of good work. That's not a great employee. It's a good job that it was just a summer job, and it's not my full-time job. Yeah? We work from a place of rest. But I want to talk to us this morning and change that slightly to say that actually I want us to live a life of rest. Live a life of rest. This should be something that we do on a, a, a routine, a regular occurrence. It's part of who we are. We don't just want to park it over to one side and like dip in and out when, when we feel that we've got time to do it. But actually no, it becomes a part of who we are that we live in this life of rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this morning. I thank you that we are all gathered here together uh, to, to learn more about you and to hear what you have to say to us, Father. Lord, would you help me speak your words? Would you help us all have open hearts to, to know who you are, to hear your voice? Father, I pray that we um, would be challenged this morning I pray that we'd be transformed this morning. Lord, leaving here as, as different people than what we came in. Father, I pray that you would teach us what it means to rest uh, and what it means to know that you are the whole point of everything we're doing. We just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Great, I'd love for you to open up your Bibles or to turn your Bibles on to uh, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. It should come up on the screen, so if you haven't, you can follow it there. Uh, and I'll just read this out for us. And it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. Wow. See, when Jesus spoke these words, he was speaking to groups of people who had grown up um, under the Jewish system. You know, and the Jewish system was, system was based um, all around this, the law, the law that was given to them. And the way they re related to God was based on the law. The way that they related to each other was based on the law. The way that they did their business based on the law. The way that they raised their children based on the law. It was all based on the law. Now when we think of the term law, we often think of um, government imposed restrictions. But to Israel, the law was so much more than that. It meant so much more than that. It, it sort of went to such finite detail about all areas of their lives. You see, Israel was surrounded by many nations who engaged in all sorts of sinful practices. And the law for them was, was God's provision for them to live better lives, for them to have like a higher moral standard than their neighbours. There were hundreds of laws Hundreds of them, hundreds of them. We know about the Ten Commandments, like the famous Ten, but there were hundreds of these laws that they were all trying to keep that went into all aspects of their life. You know, and when Jesus says these words, he's speaking to 
to groups of people that at the time, the Pharisees, they added even more. So the laws came to Moses, but then we find that in Jesus' time, the Pharisees added, added even more laws and to, to put boundaries in place for how they're supposed to, to live their life. And they had worked themselves up into such a frenzy trying to live their life by the law. You know, I think that these people were stressed out. I think they, they were worn out. I think they were sat there feeling like, I just can't do this anymore. It's like we've got all, this stuff, all these laws that we're trying to live by because they thought that that was how they were to please God. They thought that was how they were to live. They were so busy trying to um, trying to do good, trying to keep the laws, doing good, being good in order so that it could be good, that I don't think they even saw how good life actually was, you know, or how good God was. You know, they're so in, engraved in this uh, law-bound society. They were living in a rule-based life instead of living under grace. But Jesus came to tell them, he's like, you don't need that. We've got grace. Don't need to try and keep fulfilling all of this. You've got grace. See, I, God's intent for the law wasn't that they just be bound and restricted and uh, have to keep these, whatever it was, throughout their whole lives. Yet, I, through our humanness, we turned it into that. They turned it into that. that, that were, that's what it was all about for them. It's almost as if they'd redefined holiness to say that good people were self-made people, that they could do it in their own strength and in their own right. That actually, if I keep all of these laws, then I'm good. You know, I've, I've made it if I keep all of these things. They thought that they could fulfil the law themselves. They thought that they could justify their actions and make that okay. And because of that, I think that they missed out because they could never enjoy God. Because what was God to them who'd given them these laws that they thought that they had to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing? To them, he was a judge. To them, he was a ruler who, of someone who was just obsessed about them making sure that they followed this, the letters of the law. I think they missed the point on all of this. And so when Jesus says these words, come to me uh, and I will give you rest. Wow. That's like something they probably never heard before. Rest? What's that? We've been slaving away, trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to do this, trying to do that. I will give you rest. It's like a blast of fresh air into a law-stifled society. Wow. Who is this man who's offering us this thing? What does he mean by this? If you want a, uh, an early Christmas present for yourself or you want to get one for someone else, we've got a, a friend of ours who's part of this church called Ems Hancock and she's written a great book all about rest. I'd encourage you to go and check that out. Uh, if this is something that you want to know more about for yourself or if you think actually there's someone who's not sat in this room today who could really do with hearing about rest. 
Um, so yeah, just, just a little plug for you there. But I think these, these Israelites here, they just missed the point. They missed the point of, of the law, what it was there for. They thought it was there so they could try um, to be good by doing good. They thought that if we just suck up and uh, work harder, then that's the attitude that we've got to have. We've just got to keep going, keep plodding on. We might make mistakes, but we just keep going, keep working, keep working, keep working. Sound like our culture today? Sound like anyone you know? People you might work with? Maybe even friends, maybe even family who have that sort of attitude? Just got to keep going. Just got to keep going. Suck it up and work harder. I think Christians and non-Christians alike, we can sometimes be obsessed on trying to be good people. Do good things, be good people. We might buy a self-help book. We might uh, make New Year's resolutions to, you know, that we're going to try and help us be a better person next year. We might even Google some of the defects we feel we have so we can find some cure to make them better. We, we try and convince ourselves that actually if we try hard enough, we can then perfect ourselves. I think if we're honest, we're missing the point. We're missing the point of what it's all about. And that's why I'm so excited for next Sunday when we get to go out into Didsbury and we get to share what's going on in the life of our church over Christmas because there are people out there who are missing the point of life. They're missing the point. They think it's about trying to climb the ladder, about doing work, about how I've got, I can do it on my own, in my own strength, that it's me who's going to bring um, fulfilment and satisfaction to my life. They're on that, that train you know, and it's amazing that we can go out there and we can share with them and say, oh, I've, got, I've got something better for you. I've got good news. That it's not about that. That that's not the point. Come and meet my friend Jesus because he's the point. And actually in him you're going to be able to find rest. And you're not going to have to think that it's all down to you. And you're not going to have to keep working all the time and never stop and drive yourself to a point where actually you're now physically unwell. They missed the point. That's why I'm so excited because we get to go and tell them that the better news, the good news. So please come next week. Join us for that. We need lots of us to get out there and share that message. I want to ask you, are you worn out today? Do you feel worn out today? Have you come here this morning feeling stressed, overworked, tired, worn out, like just, man, I need rest. You know that bit where you said about having a nap this afternoon? I am clinging on to that. Is that you this morning? I'm not just talking about physical rest. Physical rest is good. We need to have that. We need to sleep. It's good to have physical rest. But I'm talking about spiritual rest. Are we resting spiritually? Do you feel like you have that? Are you at peace this morning? Peace with yourself. Do you know who you are? Peace in your identity. Do you have peace with God? Are you angry, frustrated? Are we going to rest? I wonder if you've ever struggled to keep focus or uh, attention at times, maybe at work or um, at other things, and 
you know, you just get distracted really easily or maybe, you know, you're so tired and you've not rested, you maybe fall asleep. I wonder, or hopefully, none of you have ever done this before. See anyone falling asleep or doing this with their eyes? Hopefully you've never done that before. Not in church anyway, where Mr. Bean was doing it. Why am I showing you that funny video? Well, it's just a bit of light-heartedness. But have... Yeah, we're talking about focus, talking about Jesus being the point. I wonder if you've ever walked into a room, maybe you do this in your own home, and you walk into a room and there's like a, what we'd call a focal point of that room. So it might be a... Uh, for example, in our house, in our sort of uh, kitchen dining area, we have an exposed uh, chimney breast. So everywhere's plastered, and then you've got the, the brick of the chimney breast, and it, it almost acts like a bit of a focal point. Your eye is drawn to that because it stands out, and we um, sort of arrange the room in a way that actually you see that. And you might do this in your own home. You, most of the time in the living room, the focal point seems to be the TV. Everything points towards that. Um, but... Do you know what focal points, interior designers will choose certain things to be the focal point. It's not an accident that they are in the room. And they will have made the decision on what furniture should be in there and shouldn't be in there. What, what, things, help, uh, what things help the focal point, what things help us draw our eyes and draw our attention to the thing that they want and they'll put them in the room. And then other pieces of furniture that they're like, actually, that's going to distract from the focal point. They don't go in the room. I wonder what your focal point is this morning. The focal point of your life. What is it this morning? I wonder if there's furniture that actually needs to be taken out of your room this morning that's distracting you from the main point. What's distracting you? What's taking your attention away from the point, from Jesus? Because he is the point. What is it in our lives that actually we need to stop and think and say, do you know what, actually, that's not helping with this. And a lot of the times we can think that that's bad things, that there are bad things that we need to get rid of. And of course, we, we do need to get rid of those things. If there are bad things going on, things we know we shouldn't be doing, then yes, we need to try and remove those from the room. But it's not always bad things that distract us. You know, we can busy ourselves, we can get distracted with good things. We can get busy and distract ourselves with church things that we think are great, and they are great. But we can find that Monday I'm doing this, Tuesday I'm doing that, Wednesday I'm doing this, Thursday this, Friday that, Saturday this, Sunday I'm at church. It's like... They're all great things. They're all helping other people. They're all um, journeying us on the mission. But are they distracting you from the main point? From you having time with Jesus? Are they distracting you from your own relationship with him? Are you just trying to do those things because you think, I've got to do this to be good? Actually, it's in myself. I can do this. I can do this. Is it distracting you? What furniture needs to be taken out? What's the focal point of your life? I want to ask this question, what if Jesus is the point of life? Seems like a funny question to be saying that in church, but what if he is? 
Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is the point? What if Jesus is the point? And what if we'll never actually find true rest as long as we're carrying our own burden of life, trying to do it in our own strength, trying to please God by doing good deeds? See, being a Christ follower, being a Jesus lover isn't about doing good deeds. That's not what qualifies us. It's not about just trying to please, please, please. It's not about trying to keep the law. Do you know what it's about? A relationship. It's about a relationship. A relationship with God who wants a relationship with you. And I think if we miss that, we've missed it all, haven't we? We've missed the point. We missed the whole thing. If we miss the fact that he wants a relationship with us, we miss the point. You see, for Israel, the law was never meant to be about the law. It was never about the law, the doing this and the doing that. It was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. It all pointed to Jesus. We see in John 5 verse 39, Jesus says this to the Pharisees and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. See, it was all about him, even at the very beginning, before he even walked on this earth, it was all about Jesus because he is the point. He's the main thing. He's the thing that we should be focusing on. All of the furniture in our lives has to be directed at him. All the distractions need to be taken out, good or bad. Jesus is the point. And that's not that we forget about holiness. Because holiness is important. But when we, we make holiness the main thing, and doing good the main thing, and being better the main thing, when we make that the main thing, then we make holiness like an end in itself, and we miss the point with that. We miss the point that it's all about Jesus. Does God want the best for us? Yes, of course he does. Does he want us to do our best in everything that we do? Yes, of course he does. But I believe that ultimately what God wants is for us to know that we need a saviour. That we need a saviour. And that he has the answer for that. And it's called Jesus. And he wants a relationship with us. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants us to know. See, when we care more about Jesus, when we make Jesus the focal point of our life, when we know that he is the point of why we're living, why we're existing, why we're doing what we're doing, it's all for him, all about him. Everything is geared towards him. When we do that, I believe that we can then live in a life of rest. We can live in that life of rest. I'd love to invite the band up, please, if that's okay. What is the focus of your life this morning? As you came in here, what was the focus? I mean, even coming to church, what was the focus? Was it a focus of, I want to know you more, God. Teach me something new about you today. Challenge me. Help me grow. What is the focus of our lives? 
I think if we're, we're all honest with ourselves, I'm speaking on behalf of myself here, I think at times we miss the point, don't we? We miss the point. We get distracted and we miss the point. I don't want us to miss the point. I don't want us to be distracted. I don't want us to leave out of this place feeling like we're still on the hamster wheel, that we're just cogs um, in a machine. I want us to walk out of this this place knowing that we are beloved children of God, that He wants a relationship with us, that He loves us, that He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us, that He's made a way that we can spend eternity with Him. Don't miss the point this morning of why we're here, why you're here. He's got a plan, He's got a purpose for your life. Don't miss out on that. I wonder if you've ever looked yourself in the mirror or you've faced a circumstance and you're just like, what is the point? What, what is the point? I want to answer that question this morning with Jesus is the point. It's all about him. Jesus is the point. And it's in him that we find true rest. I believe he's he's calling to us right now to grow in our relationship with him. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with him. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to say yes. Say yes. I want that relationship. I want to live in a life of rest. I don't want to be striving and striving and striving and fail and fail and fail. I want to live in a life of rest. You know, Jesus starts what we read in Matthew. He starts with an invitation, doesn't he? He says, come to me. Come to me. He's offering it. Come to me. How do you respond to that invitation this morning? And it's not just an invitation to one or two people. It's an invitation to all of us. Because he says, all who are weary and burdened. And that was everyone. Under the law, that was everyone. It's an invitation to us all. And he's got a gift for you. A gift. What does he say? I will give you rest. You want to receive his rest this morning. Do you want to receive that? It's completely free. Can I ask you to stand? We're going to go into a time of of worship and we've got a bit of time here just just to soak into his presence. What's he saying to you this morning about this? What's he challenging you this morning about this? He's offering his his yoke in place of yours. Easy. He's offering his burden which is light in exchange for yours that might seem heavy.
which one are you going to walk out with today? Are you going to walk out with yours? Are you going to walk out with his? And I just want to give you a chance if you do want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Maybe that's for the first time. Maybe that's for the hundredth time. If you want to realign yourself with him, refocus yourself on him, maybe just close your eyes and sort of imagine yourself in a room and Jesus is at the front. Sort of everything else, you you sort of reshuffle in order that he becomes the focal point. Some stuff might be taken out because you're like, I can't have that in there. You think, actually, no, this this is good here and this is good there because it, it focuses me on him. If you want to say yes to him this morning, then just in your heart, pray this with me. Jesus, I'm sorry. This is me speaking for myself as well. Jesus, I am sorry for the times when I've got it wrong. I am sorry that I have tried so many times to do it in my own strength. Jesus, I want to choose you this morning. I want to make you my focus. Jesus, come into my life. I accept your gift of grace this morning. I accept your gift of an easy yoke and a light burden. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you care for me. Thank you that you have a plan for me. Thank you that you have a purpose for me. Father, help me live a life of rest in you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.